Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Seven words, that's the limit. It's not that there's something magical about the number seven. We could have gone with five or ten or eighteen. The point is to be prepared for the sake of those who are living and dying in sin, for the sake of our brothers and sisters who need to hear again and anew the life-giving gospel, for the sake of our own understanding of God's love for us in Christ, we need a short, sweet, substantive summary of the good news of our salvation. Being prepared is not my idea. As you can probably tell, I'm not prepared for much these days. Being prepared to share the hope that lies within you comes from God through his servant Peter. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have. That's the apostle's direction in 1 Peter 3.15. And that's what we're doing here in this season of Lent. We are preparing for Holy Week by preparing to confess the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. So last week, we considered a number of seven-word summaries of the gospel that I came across in an article. As I mentioned last Wednesday, none of these summaries says everything about Jesus and his work of salvation. That would be impossible. As John says in the last verse of his gospel, if we tried to describe everything Jesus did and said, there wouldn't be enough room in the world in all the books. If the whole world were full of books, there's not enough paper or ink to describe them. But each of the summaries that we considered last week tried to capture the heart of the good news in just a few words. This afternoon, I'd like to take a closer look at the components of a faithful Christian confession. When we open our mouths to proclaim the good news, what are we going to say? Confessing the gospel begins in many ways by confessing something about ourselves. It begins by acknowledging who we are as confessors. And who are we? Who are you? At our most basic, we are creatures. We are the handiwork of the Creator. As Psalm 139 verse 14 puts it, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are God's children made in His image. The crown of His creation, His precious sons and daughters. But faithful sons and daughters, we are not. Fragile, yes, fallen indeed, failing every day, sinful, to put it simply, to confess the gospel, therefore, involves admitting something about our sin. It requires acknowledging that we too need to be saved. In the article I mentioned last week, there were a number of good and faithful summaries of the gospel. I'd like to look at a few more of them closely with you today. In Christ, God's yes defeats our no. We heard that last week. God, through Jesus Christ, welcomes you anyhow. I like that one. Notice that Jesus 
is central in both of these confessions. That's crucial. But notice also that they aren't only about Jesus. They also say something about us, something to us. To be more specific, they each point out that there is something wrong with us. You ever have you ever tell a joke or say something that someone takes and they just look at you and say, "What in the world is wrong with you?" I would usually respond something like this. Well, how much time you got? (laughs) God defeats our no. God welcomes us anyhow. Consider the first of these two summaries. God's yes defeats our no. It's referring to our no to God's commands. Thou shalt and thou shalt not. We go ahead and do it anyway. That is our disobedience. God speaks quite clearly in the scriptures, and yet we so often disobey him. No also describes our response to God's promises. That's our lack of faith. God's promises, and he promises so much to us, and yet our faith is often so weak. That little word, no, captures the many, many ways in which we turn away from God. And it is amazing to me to have a two-year-old in the house, to realize how deeply ingrained in the fabric of human beings is the word no. Oh, they know it so well. And you start to wonder, where, where are they getting this? No, 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 no. And then you realize that you say it just as much. Usually not to the little ones, but to the dang dogs. No! No is our favorite word, no matter what age. Or take the second version here. God welcomes you anyhow. Anyhow reminds us that God would be entirely justified in not welcoming us back to himself. We have given him many reasons to exclude us from the way that we treat one another, to the way that we expect him to serve us, to the way in which we idolize ourselves. Anyhow, is a confession that we have no right to ask anything of God. Both of these descriptions highlight that there is something about us that just isn't right. It's like my favorite TV dad says about his son, Hank Hill from the series King of the Hill, That boy just ain't right. There's something not right about me and about each of you. And that's important. Because the gospel begins with the fact that this world and each of us in it is just not right. At one time, of course, it was. The world was perfectly right. Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, and they didn't need additional good news. Everything was already good. There was no need to promise anything, because everything God wanted for us, the good life, it was all right there. It was very good, the Bible says. But ever since their no to God's command, things have been wrong. 
terribly wrong. The Old Testament is the story of the people of God going wrong over and over and over again. It's the story of people hurting themselves and hurting others through their sinful thoughts, words, and deeds. It's a story that continues on into your life and mine. This is important for us to acknowledge as we prepare to share the gospel message with others. It leads us to confess humbly, for we are just as guilty as anyone else. And this also helps us to communicate to others why our beliefs about Jesus matter. Until people see and understand and believe that there is something wrong with them, the idea that Jesus saves them on the cross won't really mean much of anything. So the first step in crafting a description of the gospel in seven words is to think about how to convey our universal need for a savior. That doesn't have to be the first thing that we say, but it needs to be clear. After we've communicated the problem, the next step, next step is so simple, right? And joyful. We preach Christ crucified and risen, Paul said. And that's the good news. It's the good news that God has sent his son Jesus to save us from sin, from death, from the devil. He also saves us from lives of meaninglessness, from loneliness, from brokenness. He restores us. He renews us. He recreates us. He brings us back to himself. The good news is that God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself. Indeed, that's a seven-word summary right there. God was in Christ reconciling the world. This version picks up on 2 Corinthians 5. Listen again to what Paul wrote. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. God, through the person of Jesus, came into the world to reconcile his creation to himself, to make things the way that they should be, to write that which we had done wrong, to restore us as creatures dearly loved by our Father, completely forgiven through faith in his Son. God was in Christ reconciling the world. This version of the gospel highlights the universal work of Christ, the universal nature of Christ's work. He didn't just come to reconcile you. He didn't just come to reconcile me. He came for all people, all the world, to bring us back to the Father. Now, it's true, this version of the gospel doesn't tell us everything that we need to know about Jesus. Much more needs to be unpacked. But it contains the heart of the good news. And it might provide a starting point for our conversations. Speaking of conversations, this afternoon I do most of the talking. But during the week, I'd like to ask you to do some work. I want you to think about the people in your life who need to hear about the good news of Jesus. Think about 
where they are in life. Think about your relationship with them. Think about our seven-word summary for today. God was in Christ reconciling the world. And remember that he came to reconcile them too. But don't limit your thinking to this particular way of speaking. Consider other ways of describing what God has done for us in Christ. And as you do so, jot down some notes. If one of our hymns or prayers or readings or something sparks your thinking today, jot it down. Take notes. There's paper in there somewhere in the pew. Rip one of those pages out of the friendship book, the red book. (laughs) Whatever it takes, make note of it. Always be prepared to give a defense of the hope that lies within you. Because that hope is good. And it leads us to everlasting life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.